It's the Kim Munson Show, analyzing the most important stories. An early childhood taxing district, what on earth is that? The latest in politics and world affairs. I don't think that we should be passing legislation that is so complicated that people kind of throw up their hands and say, oh, I can't understand it. Today's current opinions and ideas. It is not fair that just because you're a big business that you get a break on this and the little guy doesn't. Is it freedom or is it force? Let's have a conversation. Indeed. Let's have a conversation and welcome to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. You can email me at Kim at Kim Munson.com as well. And happy Friday to all of you. I'd like to say thank you to this great team I get to work with, and that is producer Steve, Zach, Patty, Keith, and Charlie, the people here at Crawford Broadcasting. Happy Friday, producer Steve. Did you just comment a little while ago coming down the hall that it seems like it was just <laughs> Monday, Monday and here we are Friday. So what they say, time ha- flies when you're having fun. We just don't realize how much fun we're having. Well, uh, that's true. True that. Uh, but uh, we had quite a day yesterday. We did a lot of recordings. We had a podcast with uh, Dr. Jill Vecchio, where she and I went through the Declaration of Independence and the usurpations, uh, the colonists. Uh, put it. They put it in there. They said, hey, King George, we have tried and we are breaking up with you because we have this idea that we, we want to uh, start this country on an idea, this idea that all men are created equal with rights from God of life, liberty and pursuit of happiness. And so we're going to do a breakup with you and we're going to tell you why. There's 27 usurpations. And guess what? Some of that stuff's going on right now here. And uh, so I think that we need to revisit the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution. So you'll want to hear that podcast. And then we did two recordings for our World War, excuse me, our America's Veterans Stories show and uh, Don Whipple Part 2, Iwo Jima uh, veteran, Marine veteran from World War II, will broadcast this uh, Sunday from 3 to 4 p.m. on KLZ 560. And then Lieutenant Colonel Bill O'Neill, Uh, He uh, served as a pilot in uh, World War II, just at the very end, Korea and Vietnam. So fascinating, fascinating uh, broadcast. And we worked uh, we worked really, really hard yesterday, Steve. Yeah, I had to hang my headphones out to dry. (laughs) For sure. And want to say thank you to each and every one of you listeners. I value you. You are treasured. live today with intention take care of your heart your soul your mind and your body and in studio with me is uh, uh he's becoming a real star and that is rick turnquist he is an author a blogger he has written a really important piece uh, that is on my website the path forward i think many of us are asking ourselves what next rick it's always great to have you in studio thanks kim it's always great to be here with you on uh, friday mornings to talk about what's going on uh-huh i said it's a turnquist friday they're always good they're <laughs> always good at turnquist fi- that's what we'll name it and uh, go to my website that is kim com. and rick's most recent op-ed is there the path forward and you and zach have this thing going now you write something <clears throat> and then he comes up with a very interesting visual and uh, 
<laughs> he did it again. He outdid himself this time. I uh, This was the only time I ever made a suggestion. I said, uh, if you could do something to tie into the Lord of the Rings, that'd be great. And, and then when I saw it, I just laughed out loud because he did such a good job on it. <laughs> yeah, he did. So go to my website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. And if you're going right now, we've got one little edit we're going to make on that, but uh, it'll be... It'll be there, so be sure and go to KimMunson.com and check that out. And we'll be talking about that in the third and fourth segment. Of course, we'll talk with Jason McBride, Senior VP with uh, Presidential Wealth Management at the bottom of the hour. We look at these issues as freedom versus force, force versus freedom. And ultimately, socialism comes down to force. And it's never compassionate to take other people's stuff, whether or not it's their rights, their property, their freedom, or their livelihood via force. And that is like in the old days, they came in with a weapon. They said, give us your stuff. Now what happens is, is these PBIs, these politicians, bureaucrats and interested parties, they use policy, unpredictable and excessive taxation and fear. And uh, we're seeing uh, Mr. 48 Hours here, Steve. Uh, You've said that uh, Mr. 48 Hours, Mr. Executive Order, Joe Biden has been busy, and uh, I guess there was one person at the inauguration. I think um, uh, there's been a a piece going around on social media. A woman has written that. I guess she went there because she wanted to see what happened, and there was one Joe Biden supporter at the inauguration. Uh, That does not seem like a um, fervent mandate for governance there. Well, we're seeing all kinds of interesting things pop up. Certainly the video of the motorcade or the slash (laughs) parade through the streets of Washington, the empty streets of Washington, where there would normally be crowds waving flags and, you know, waiting for the dignitaries to pass by. No such thing. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty astonishing what happened there. Uh, So that that'll take us over to our our quote. I've been looking for perseverance and determination quotes, Rick. And got one, which we'll have at the end of the show, from Victor Hugo. And, uh, but this one really kind of hit me. And Victor Hugo, we, he was born in 1802. He died in 1885. And he was a, a French poet, novelist, dramatist, who was the most important of the French romantic, romantic writers. Though regarded in France as one of the country's greatest poets, he is better known abroad for such novels as Notre Dame de Paris, which was written in 1831, and Les Miserables, which was written in 1862. And this is what he said. Between the government, which does evil, and the people who accept it, there is a certain shameful solidarity. What do you think of that, Rick? I think it's absolutely true. Um, People in America have forgotten that the purpose of government is to protect life, liberty, and property. And, they, and they've grown to view government as the be-all, end-all for every human problem or issue. So anytime there's a crisis or a problem, everybody looks to government instead of, of looking to themselves and their communities. And uh, that's a real problem because government is, is nothing but force, blunt heavy force. And when you look at things, you know, right now people are complaining about the vaccine distribution. Well, what what happens when you put the government in charge of something? They, they get it wrong, inevitably. And and if you look at private, the, the way private sector excels at doing things when it's left alone compared to how government does things, uh, it, it just it isn't even a comparison. So 
we need to get back to the core values of this country. Back, the people who founded this country viewed government as a necessary evil, not as not as a not as a big teddy bear that's going to take care of me. Well, and that big teddy bear, we're seeing force uh, is being used. Uh, I've, what I've been astonished to see is the weaponization almost of these health departments against everyday people, saying that if you don't do this, then you're going to have this action. And it's a forceful action. That's right. Until this coronavirus thing came along, I never really gave much thought to, to health departments, but they are really calling the shots in, in Colorado and, and nationally nowadays. And when you think about it, the people who run the health departments are unelected bureaucrats. That, and, and yet our elected representatives in Douglas County don't have the authority to override what the health department says. I think that's a problem. It, it is a real problem. And the way this works, at least the way I've been able to connect the dots, Rick, is that we... We still think that our we are electing our um, representatives, but what has happened is there's this big administrative state, and so elected representatives, so that they don't have to make those hard decisions in front of the people, which they would have to be accountable for, they push those off to bureaucrats that they hire and they appoint. So the way it works with Tri-County Health, there's obviously three counties, let's see, it is Douglas, Arapahoe, and Adams, correct? Correct. And there's, I believe, three county commissioners in each of those counties who are elected by the people. But then those county commissioners appoint they, uh, three board members from each of the counties to Tri-County Health. So they're appointed. They're not accountable to the people. And then they hire the executive director, who really has been calling all the shots, well, it seems to me like you shouldn't have that board there. It's, it seems like the executive director should be accountable directly to the elected representatives who are accountable directly to the people. That's right. The, there is no case for an unelected board having that kind of power over our lives and over our economy. And it's just tragic. It's it's really something that needs to be addressed, though I doubt that the Democratic-controlled legislature will address it. Well, they're not going to address it because that has been their ultimate that goal. That serves their purpose, yes. And uh, I, I thought, I'm going to try to figure out how on earth did these uh, health departments here in Colorado get all of this power? And uh, so I was told to check out, call it, now I'm not connected on here, uh, Article 25. And that is a piece of legislation that basically, again, gave this power to health departments. And when I checked on it, the about, uh, let's see if I can get it here. Article, oh no, that's not the one. Anyway, it was the one that actually gave all of the, here we go, the power to the health departments. And when I first looked at it, uh, it was, uh, well, right now it's 931 pages. But I checked on it the other day and it was over a thousand that's odd that it could be moving around on how many pages that is but there's 931 pages to the colorado revised statutes 2016 which is what gave all of this power uh, to the public health and environment Uh, and you know what actually i think that it was passed before then i think that this was 
uh, they revised it. So 931 pages is what they is currently on the books that gives this power to the health departments to have all this power over our lives. That's not the way it's supposed to be, Rick Turnquist. I would agree, and I'd like to see you know which legislature passed this law. There were Republicans that have their fingerprints on this. Well, as we have talked about many times, Kim, you know, Republicans are not perfect. And, you know, that's one thing I talk about in my blog post today. I'd like to see the Republican Party refocus on the core principles of uh, limited government and and, uh, personal freedom and, and the scope and function of government, which is the protection of life, liberty, and property. Yeah, for sure. So we're, we're going to have a real uh, come-to-Jesus meeting, if you will, with the Colorado Republican Party, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's overdue. And, uh, you know, we, I feel like Republicans either try to, um, try to push forward their vision of, of what society should look like through the force of government, just like the left does, they do. which is inappropriate. And also, I, I, I have a, a bigger issue, I think, with Republicans who, who go along with Democrats to go along just to get along. And uh, that's why I, you know, I really admired uh, Justin Everett when he was in the, in the state legislature, because he uh, had more no votes than anybody else I can think of, except maybe our representative, Kim Ransom. And, and uh, you know, she does a great job. We're so lucky to be represented by her in, in Parker. But it, it's, it's really something that Republicans really need to, to look deep into, into, their, into their minds and think, what is what the Republican Party was founded to prevent the expansion of slavery. And it really is the party of, of limited government and, and fiscal responsibility and, and small government. And we've gotten so far away from that that it's just, uh, it's hard to think that we could even get back there. But it's really time that we refocus on that because we need to present the American people with a real choice uh, between good governments and, and between Democrat governance uh, in the next two elections. And, and that's, you know, all we should be thinking about is uh, making sure that Joe Biden is the one-term president and, and reclaiming the governor's mansion in uh, 2022. We have a lot of work to do, that's for sure. Let's go to break, uh, Rick Turnquest. Before we do that, though, one of my great partners is Hooters Restaurants. They are located, uh, they have five locations, and that is Westminster, Aurora, Loveland, Colorado Springs, and Lone Tree. And actually, I picked up some of their uh, Texas barbecue rub wings last night. Uh, because I was going to see some friends, and <clears throat> they are delicious. And uh, they have all kinds of specials. So go to HootersColorado.com for more information. That's HootersColorado.com. And we'll be right back with Rick Turnquist. Now more than ever, it is important to have independent voices bringing truth and clarity to the issues facing us, our families, our communities, our state, our nation, and our world. The Kim Munson Show is one of those important voices. Kim is a truly independent entrepreneur. She purchases her broadcast time, which gives her total freedom in production of the show and scheduling of guests. If you'd like to support The Kim Munson Show, go to her website, KimMunson.com and click on the Contribute button under Kim's picture. Kim greatly appreciates your help and support. Welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I am Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. You can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. Uh, Rick, I just, I think I solved a bit of a mystery during the break. I was looking at Colorado Revised Statutes 2016, which was based on, I got to figure out when this thing was passed, but the uh, Colorado Revised Statutes 2018 is 1,048 pages. So in two years, 
that gained 100 new pages. Hmm. I wonder how that happens. I was there additional legislation that was passed to I don't think revise so. the Mm-mm. revised statute? Mm-mm. So how do, do they just change the laws? Time goes on without uh, without any oversight or or yeah. per, per, due process. That that's it, very disturbing. Yes, it is very disturbing, and I'm going to bet that the Colorado Public Health uh, CDPHE uh, probably had something to do with that. Before we get into the second segment to talk about some of the headlines, uh, I had uh, printed off uh, the Trump administration's accomplishments and have gone through, I got through two of them already. And uh, the first one was before the China virus invaded our shores, we built the the world's most prosperous economy. The second one we talked about yesterday, and uh, that was delivered a future of greater promise and opportunity for citizens of all backgrounds. Uh, Number three today, it says, brought jobs, factories, and industries back to the USA. They created more than 1.2 million manufacturing and construction jobs, and government did not do that. What happened is is government got out of the way. That's right. Okay, that's the first thing. Put in place policies to bring uh, back supply chains from overseas. That seems like a good idea. And small business optimism broke a 35-year-old record in 2018. And with a, basically a, a pin, Joe Biden in 48 hours is doing everything he can to roll all that back. And we have to ask ourselves, why? Well, I think part of it is they, they fundamentally disagree uh, that the government should be out of the way. And they think that the government should be running everything. And and it's also partly uh, this deranged hatred for Donald Trump that they've that they've exhibited since uh, he walked down the escalator in, in Trump Tower to announce his candidacy. It's it's been really disturbing to see, and it's really disturbing to see how they continue their thirst for vengeance. And if you look at the CoPolitics hashtag on Twitter, which I used to be active in, and now I just kind of scroll through it once a day to see what all the deranged lefties are up to. But you know, I'm, I got to tell you, I saw lots of hate for Senator Cory Gardner flowing through that uh, hashtag on on Twitter, and now that he's uh, lost his seat to to uh, our ineffective former governor. Uh, the, that direct that hate is directed now towards Congressman Congresswoman uh, Lauren Boebert, and it's and it's truly disturbing to see. And even the leftist uh, Denver Post called them called uh, people out on their on their sexist uh, attacks on her. So it's it's really disturbing, and and it really comes down to the the overwhelming hate hatred that they had for Donald Trump and for conservative values. Well, and you know what, uh, Rick, that is on both sides of the aisle. I've been. Somebody said to me, uh, love Donald Trump or hate Donald Trump? He has brought clarity to these issues. And really his his final thing in this presidency that we saw was, and we'll talk about this because I think you and I see this a little differently, is voter integrity and election irregularities. I really feel that if, in fact, uh, there was nothing, no fu- funny stuff going on, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris would want to pre- uh, present that proof to the American people uh, that the election was one where they really won fair and square. Uh, and what has been so interesting then is to see the Republicans who I feel many of them in Washington have really stabbed uh, Donald Trump in the back, but we had a very prominent Republican here in Colorado uh, sent out via his 
um, email distribution list, uh, an obituary for Donald Trump, if you will, his presidency. And it was uh, it was basically um, it was really I thought it was really terrible and in in really um, bad taste. And but my other question is, so I didn't know this person was a never never Trumper. And what had happened was passively, I think behind the scenes, they had been working against this president where we were talking about these accomplishments for everyday American people. And in doing so, look what we got. Look what we have. I, I don't quite understand that, uh, Rick. Understand how we how we got Joe Biden? Or I don't understand how people that have said that they stand for Republican values would uh, passively in the background be uh, undercutting uh, the re-election of Donald Trump. You know, I don't understand that either. And it's it's disturbing. I, I felt that, you know, Donald Trump, despite his personal style, which we all knew about when we voted for him, uh, had, had done, on the whole, a very good job as president. I mean, better, way better than our economy. And I'd, I'd like to get this document that okay. you've got here. It's a pretty thick one, too. It That's is. A lot it's 49 of pages. 49 pages. <laughs> but, you know, as I wrote about it in my blog, you know, why we should reelect the president. I mean, there's been significant accomplishments of the Trump administration, including, you know, the strong economy before the China virus hit, including, you know, record uh, low unemployment for minorities and, you know, record high income for, for many minority demographics, which, you know, Democrats didn't deliver. The free market delivered when it was unrestrained by government. Um, We have seen historic improvements in the Middle East peace structure under Donald Trump. And Israel is stronger, you know, Iran is weaker. And the Obama administration, let's remember, flew pallets of cash to, to the terrorists in Tehran. Uh, during during the Obama administration, so I'm I'm baffled. You know, we talk about lack of enthusiasm at the at the inauguration. I saw a marked lack of enthusiasm for Joe Biden during the election. You know, I was part of those uh, honking waves for Trump, and lots of people honking waving. You know, we got a few middle fingers, but not not as many as you would expect. And and uh, you know, just yeah, there's there's some serious problems with elections in in this country. I I totally believe that um, the possibility or that voter fraud does exist. I'm just not convinced that it existed on such a scale to uh, to get this um, this doddering old guy elected as president. But, uh, you know, it, it's a I think we have some real challenges in America when it comes to elections and in election integrity. And I call for some significant election reforms in my blog post on your website. And we'll talk about that in the third and fourth segment. Before we get over to Jason McBride, there's three headlines I'd like to hit. First of all, uh, Congressman Jason Crow has asked the police chief sheriffs uh, in in, uh, CD6 to investigate on whether or not any of their personnel participated in the storming of the U.S. Capitol last week. And I want you all to remember last Friday I had an eyewitness uh, who was on the show, who actually was at the rally and then went over to the Capitol. And she said it was so interesting when they got to the Capitol that there were maybe eight Capitol police there. And they kind of moved the, the little fence aside and let people uh, go on up to the Capitol. But she said when they got there, that there were people kind of at the at the front that were dressed all in black. They had helmets. They had gas masks. They had milk, which mitigates, 
uh, tear gas, and they had very thick wooden uh, sticks, which were used to break windows. And she said, I've never seen that at a Trump rally. And those were the ones that uh, kind of led in uh, the group. And I think that it's unfortunate that when when you have a bunch of people, I think there were Trump supporters that followed them in. There may have been a few Trump supporters that engaged in that. But that was really led by Antifa. And that's one other thing that I need to bring up. I was talking to somebody yesterday. And if you go in, and not in your search bar, but just on your computer, if you go to www.antifa.com, uh, do that right now, uh, Rick Turnquest. And while you're doing that, I'm going to talk about um, some of these these um, uh, headlines here. But anyway, Jason Crow is asking police chiefs to find out where their personnel was on their <laughs> on their on their own free time. Okay, did you go to www.antifa.com? This is Rick amazing. Turnquist? Every every listener out there who's sitting at a computer or has their smartphone handy right now, I, I suggest you go into your browser, type in www.antifa.com, and what will come up is is Joe Biden and www.whitehouse.gov. It goes directly that's, to the White House. That's so interesting. <laughs> and I don't know quite how to make sure that I can capture that and prove that because uh, that is absolutely astounding. And there was an Antifa uh, guy, John Sol- Sullivan, who was um, arrested and uh, who was one of the instigators for the quote-unquote riot that they're going to try to impeach Donald Trump on. And uh, they have let him go already with no, uh, he did not have to put up any cash uh, bail from, from my understanding, Rick. Well, you know, in my You're blog, speechless. I haven't quite ever seen so, you speechless on this. Yeah, so, you know, I'm, I'm quite prepared to believe that there's widespread election fraud. I, I, I'm prepared to believe that. I, I want I want evidence, you know, credible evidence mm-hmm. before I before I go jump making those kind of assertions. Um, I, I'm also quite uh, capable. I also believe that uh, the January 6th inc- incident at the Capitol could have been led by Antifa. That it had all the hallmarks of an Antifa action. Mm-hmm. And you know, I didn't know about all the black people or people dressed in black. Uh-huh. I should say that very clearly. Oh, people be, dressed in black. Be careful there. Yeah. No. No. I. All the people dressed in black. I didn't know about all that. Uh-huh. So, um, I witnessed. You know, I and I have a, a friend of mine uh, from LPR. Actually, she uh, she was there, and she said, you know, the, the most of the people, the vast majority of people she saw were peaceful and, you know, patriotic and happy. And you know, well, not happy, but um, you know, supporting President Trump. And and so, it's 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 quite possible, and I. I believe that the left is totally capable of doing all these things. I mean, and like you said, those actions and the things that that group of people did um, are certainly consistent with what, we, with what we've seen from Antifa and BLM over the summer. Okay, it looks like, uh, Steve, you're... I'm sorry, I was getting Jason McBride set up here uh, on the board. The last thing I heard you say is go to Antifa.com. And maybe and I didn't hear what happened after that. And maybe I've already discovered it. Is it the fact that it goes to the White House? Site? Yes. Okay. Yes. Awesome. Can you believe it? No. Now, the other thing this summer, and I, I'm i going to have Reggie Carr, my, my good friend uh, who founded I'm a Trumpster, and I was talking to him yesterday, and I'm going to have him on next week, but he said he was at the post office yesterday, and there were a number of 
um, black folks uh, there with him, and somebody loudly said, Donald Trump is a racist. And Reggie said, no, he isn't. And he started to engage everyone in conversation. And he said people were circling around him, and he was going through these accomplishments Mm -hmm. for um, the um, black community. And he said people were circled around him, and some of them even followed him out to his car. And he actually gave away a few I'm a Trumpster hats, if you can believe it. One other thing, and I did, I, I have captured this and shared it with other people so that they have it, is uh, if you would go to the website Black Lives Matter this summer, when there were so many Antifa and Black Lives Matter activists that were tearing up our cities, and if you went there to donate, it went to Act Blue, yep. is the, and Act Blue is the big fundraising arm of the Democrat Party. And you're going to want to listen to next week's shows. I've got something planned every day. You're not going to want to miss that. I'm going to keep that as a cliffhanger. (laughs) On the line with me is Jason McBride, Presidential Wealth Management. Happy Friday. Hey, happy Friday to you, Kim. It's already halfway through the show. I can't believe it. Uh, you're, You're kind of my... My North Star, when we get to talk to you, I realize we're at halfway through, and we've uh, got a lot more to talk about, Jason. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Well, Kim, you've been uh, talking about folks coming in to uh, do a plan and make sure their plan's in place. Uh, yeah, I wanted to point out that sometimes when people hear that, it sounds very uh, overwhelming. Oh, this is going to be a giant, huge uh, difficult process and that's that's certainly not true and Kim when when I talk about doing a a plan for somebody I'm not talking about a 500 page brick that just repeats the same things over and over and over again except it shows it to you in a pie chart and then a table and then a line chart (laughs) and the same information 17 different ways just to make it look like a giant, impressive thing. Uh, I like to think we're pretty efficient. We like to work with folks in a way that's not uh, uh, awful and difficult. And the uh, analysis we do, we like it to be as easily understandable and simple as possible. So, uh, you know, people aren't afraid to come in and go through the process. So, Uh, We don't want you to be scared. It's going to be a terrible, drawn-out, long process. It's going to take weeks and weeks and months and make you wish it never walked in the door. So we try to make it a little easier than that. You know, Jason, I think you're uh, channeling your inner James Madison, where he said, if the laws are so voluminous that the uh, people cannot understand them, then uh, that's a real problem. And I think what you've just said is if your financial plan is so voluminous that it looks overwhelming, then that's a problem. And uh, so I appreciate the fact that you want it to the point, which is what our legislation is supposed to be. And uh, how can people reach you, Jason? A couple easy ways. Uh, Give us a call, 303 694 1600. That's 303 694 1600. Or, Kim, they can check us out on the web at presidentialwm.com. Well, we'll talk to you on Monday morning, Jason. And again, that number is 303 694 1600. And yes, we'll talk to you on Monday. Sounds great. And we're going to go to break. When we come back, we'll continue with Rick Turnquist. And he's written a really important piece, The Path Forward. Uh, And uh, you'll want to go to the website and check out the visual that Zach came up with as well. We'll be right back. 
Predovich and Company understands that the COVID-19 Wuhan virus disruption has individuals and businesses scratching their heads with a variety of bookkeeping, tax planning, and accounting questions. Predovich and Company knows that you need trusted professionals to help you navigate these choppy waters. Kim Munson highly recommends Predovich and Company. Because of their advanced technological capabilities, Predovich and Company can help clients anywhere in the United States. Call Predovich and Company at 303-791-3000 to organize your personal and business finances. Call 303-791-3000 today. Karen Levine has over 30 years in the real estate industry. The reaction to the COVID-19 Wuhan virus is presenting unprecedented and unpredictable opportunities and challenges in buying or selling your home. That is why you need to work with award-winning realtor Karen Levine. Karen Levine comes highly recommended by Kim Munson. Call award-winning realtor Karen Levine today at 303-877-7516. Karen's expertise will help guide you through this crazy real estate market. Call Karen Levine at 303-877-7516 today. You'd like to get in touch with one of Kim Munson's sponsors, but you can't recall their phone number. Find a full list of advertising partners on Kim's website, KimMunson.com. That's Kim, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I am Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there, and you can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com. As well. And in studio with me, it's a Turnquist Friday. It's been renamed now by producer Steve. Is Rick Turnquist. He's written a really important op-ed. You can find it at KimMunson.com, The Path Forward. And before we get to that, though, you mentioned Lauren Boebert. And I am just jazzed to say that she is from Colorado. She uh, she's, uh, she's a small package, but she has a big punch. <laughs> and she... <clears throat> I guess they, everybody gets to introduce three pieces of legislation. And she introduced a couple that I think are really important. The first one was, uh, and you can find it at bobert.house.gov, that she takes action to hold the WHO, the World Health Organization, and China accountable. And she says the WHO is China-centric and panders to Beijing at every turn. There is no reason U.S. taxpayers should contribute more than $400 million annually to an organization that covered for China and failed to contain the spread of the COVID-19 pandemic. We must not let the Chinese Communist Party off the hook. We must hold the WHO accountable. Joe Biden failed to do either of those things. And his edict yesterday, uh, which, um, uh, let's see, get, um, re-recognizes or re get uh, reaffirms that uh, America would support the WHO. She said that only emboldens Beijing. Love that, uh, Rick Turnquist. Yeah, I, that was a great thing that she introduced. And what was the other one? Do you have that handy? I do. And uh, the other one is that she um, released the following statement, a, a new bill. She said, this bill prohibits Congress from spending a single penny on the Paris Agreement. This is the the um, Paris Agreement that Joe Biden said we're going to get back into until this treaty is ratified by the United States Senate. Right. She said Joe Biden took an oath to uphold the U.S. Constitution. If he wants to keep it, he must transmit the job-killing Paris Agreement to the U.S. Senate for ratification. Unilaterally entering the Paris Agreement was wrong in 2016, and it's wrong now. 
And that's a, that's a hallmark of what the left does is when, when the rules don't work for them, they just subvert the rules or circumvent the rules by having agreements. So Instead this of is a, a treaty. This is an international agreement, which is what a treaty is. And, and they're, but just by using the word agreement instead of treaty, they, they escape the need for a Senate confirmation. It was exactly the same thing with the bad Iran deal uh, several years ago under the Obama administration. That was an international treaty. But by calling it an agreement, and you can't see my air quotes here, they, they evaded the constitutional requirement of having Senate ratification. So, yeah, I think uh, Congressman, Congresswoman Boebert is, is spot on there, and I'm glad she uh, chose that as one of her first bills to introduce. And the left is coming at her already. Oh, they it, like I said earlier, the, the, the virulent hatred uh, that's directed towards that um, person is just is – just, it's sickening and it's it's vile. It's disgusting, and the people who are perpetrating that hatred really need to take a look at themselves and 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 think about their value as human beings. If that if they spent all their waking hours on Twitter, uh, you know, saying hateful things and directing hatred towards an elected official in our state, then then some people really need to get help. They need to, they need to take a gut check. So let's get over here to this op-ed uh, that you have written, The Path Forward. I think uh, that is a conversation as I am booking guests for the show. It's like, what's the subject? It's like The Path Forward. What do you see? And... Uh, uh, so tell us a little bit about this, because when, when we talked about this, was it last week, you said sometimes these op-eds just really roll out of off your fingers, and sometimes they don't. But it looks like once you got going that this was one that did. This was one that just rolled off, and, and um, since, since the election, but especially after January 6th, I felt when... when um, when the Georgia Senate races were lost, and and just as a side note, I'm wondering why were both Georgia Senate seats up for election in the same year? They're supposed to be staggered, and and I don't understand why that was, and and we don't need to go into that, but yeah. it's something I'm curious about. I, but, I think actually that one of the senators maybe took another position, okay, and I think that's why that happened. Okay, but I'm don't t- totally quote well, me on that. It's really unfortunate because yes. <laughs> you know. Um, I, I truly and growing up, I was a big fan of the Lord of the Rings trilogy. I, I read those books several times before the movies even came out, and and uh, so I was I I just was imagining what what a person in Middle Earth would have felt like if they had learned that Sauron was about to regain the One Ring, which gave him unlimited power for for whatever he wanted to do as a tyrant, evil evil tyrant. And uh, that's kind of how I felt um, thinking about uh, the the uh, inauguration of Joe Biden and the full Democrat control of two thirds of the United States government, and certainly here in Colorado, which we talked about last month in my tyranny and bankruptcy mm-hmm. piece. So this one just kind of rolled off, and and I, I really truly do feel as if the One Ring has fallen into Sauron's hands, and we're heading into a new dark age. And well, and actually, uh, Joe Biden said it in his. Um, inaugural, uh, inaugural address that we're heading into, I think, a dark winter or something. Yeah, he used those words, dark winter. Um, I ask myself, am I being overly dramatic or pessimistic? And, and I really don't think so, because, you know, several commentators like uh, Ben Shapiro and others talked about, 
you know, at length about what the Democrats would do if they if they gained full control of the United States government. And we're already seeing that in some of uh, Biden's early executive orders, you know, they rejoining the World Health Organization, which, as you say, is China centric and, and not you know conducive to uh, the best interests of, Amer- of American taxpayers. And the uh, Paris Climate Accord uh, Treaty, which is they're trying to evade. And what what's that going to do to uh, reduce anything to do with the Earth's climate? And the answer to that is zero. Well, and China's a big polluter. Right. And it's just going to make energy more expensive in America. And, and Biden killed the Keystone pi- Pipeline, uh, which, you know, with a stroke of a pen, he, he put thousands of people out of work. He, he rendered, you know, I don't know how many, is it thousands, millions of dollars, probably millions of dollars uh, of investment, obsolete, just gone. And, uh, and that oil is now going to have to be transported in other ways, you know, mostly through trucks probably, which is more dangerous to the environment than, than uh, a pipeline is. So it's just, it's just blind adherence to a, to a ideology, the ideology of climate change that, that drove that decision. It, it made no economic sense whatsoever. And we're just going to see more of that coming, coming down the pike. Um, With this virtually unlimited power, unrestrained by a constitution that they have no respect for, except for lip when they pay lip service to it, uh, if it serves their political purposes, they're going to enact an agenda that will increase their power and and vastly increase the size and scopes of, of the federal government, which is already far bigger and more mm-hmm. intrusive than it sh- than it was ever designed or intended to be. You know, when Joe Biden was talking about a 1.9 trillion dollar stimulus. We just had a $900 billion stimulus. And I just had to laugh. I was like, they're just so disconnected from economic reality. And the bankruptcy, the sovereign default I talked about last month, it's just going to come even faster if, if they do this kind of thing. Because they're, remember, government doesn't create wealth. Government takes money from productive individuals to fund its operations. And the only way that government can spend send out money to everybody is either through taxation or through borrowing and we're already borrowing more than the value of the entire u.s economy so we're really heading towards economic disaster whether it happens in 10 years 20 years or five years i have no idea but it's coming and you know the united states is not exempt from the laws of economics and human nature we are not exempt and i think a lot of people think that we are But you look at Venezuela, and Venezuela in the 80s was a very, very prosperous country. But with bad economic policy, with socialism and communism, uh, within the last few years, people were standing in line for just the basic things. And that, we need to take a gut check. I talk to people and they say, well, people vote because they vote in their own self-interest. And if they're promised money, then that's how they vote. As Americans, we actually have a deeper character than that. And we need to uh, find that again and realize, and, and that's found in liberty. That's found in the understanding that all men are created equal by God and that we have, every person has these rights of life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. That is a noble thing to unify us. And when Joe Biden's been talking about unify, 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 I'm realizing what he wants to say is um, affirm, affirm, affirm his, their vision of this destructive division. And that doesn't match up. It just doesn't match up. 
Yeah, I posted a comment on Facebook the, uh, yesterday or the day before. Said you, you really can't you know you you can't have unity with people who don't have the same values that you do, without giving up your values, because they're not going to give up their values. They're not going to give up their vision of of this. I don't even know what this. I don't even know what their end goal is really, except for more government and more government control of everything and them controlling the government so that they control other people's lives. But it's, it's really. Have you taken a look at the great reset by any chance from the world economic forum? I have not. Oh my, I have all kinds of things. I'm going to send you home with homework (laughs) because I want to find out what Rick Turnquist has to say about that. We need to go to break Rick. Before we do that, one of my great partners is Castlegate knife and tool. Al Van Herky was in studio uh, yesterday. A uh, great conversation on that. But uh, uh, they're doing all kinds of new products there. Uh, in fact, somebody emailed me. I need to get back with him. Uh, he's bringing in a line of rifles. Uh, I, and that'll be there. I think it'll be on a different website. But check out castlegate.com, castlegate.com. And whether or not you're a, collect, a collector, a sportsman, or a chef, castlegate.com has the right knife for you. So check that out. We'll be right back with Rick Turnquest. Recently, rates in the mortgage market have hit near record lows. Lorne Levy with Polygon Financial notes that the COVID-19 Wuhan virus disruption has created potential opportunities to refinance your mortgage that could save you thousands of dollars. And for those senior listeners who may be looking for another source of income, exploring a reverse mortgage with Lorne Levy may be a solution. With over 17 years in the mortgage industry, Lorne Levy has the experience to answer your questions. Call Lorne Levy at 303-880-8881. That's 303-880-8881 for a mortgage checkup today. All of Kim's sponsors are an inclusive partnership with Kim and are not affiliated with or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. If you would like to support the work of the Kim Munson Show and grow your business, contact Kim at her website, KimMunson.com. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Americans Veteran Stories with Kim Munson, Sunday afternoons at 3 here on KLZ 560 AM and KLZ 100.7. Welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I am Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. And you can email me at Kim at Kim Munson.com as well. And go over to the website and check out Rick Turnquist's most recent op-ed, The Path Forward. And uh, I, too, I, I actually didn't really get into The Lord of the Rings until... I was an adult, and uh, and that speech where um, now going up in front of it says, "Not this day." Remember that? Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, you would remember that anyway. <laughs> and w- let's see who was it was Aragon, right? Yeah, Aragon, yeah, Ar- Aragon. Okay, let's. Uh, we have about ten minutes. Okay, where do you want to go with this? Richard well, West? I just want to talk about some of the election reforms I think we need in, in America. You know, as I said in the in the first paragraph under that section of the blog. Uh, the bedrock value of any functional constitutional republic, and I use those words very carefully because everybody's talking about democracy. Democracy is just another form of tyranny, which is why our founders did not design a democratic government. They designed a constitutional republic, and that's what we are, where the minority rights are protected and where the the majority doesn't get to decide who to have for dinner, right? So the bedrock value of any functional constitutional republic is secure elections in which only those people who are legally qualified to vote are able to vote and that every legal vote is counted. And in America, <clears throat> I think 
what is it about this room? <laughs> <laughs> it's just today, I think. Yeah, right. So, uh, you know, it's been my perception that uh, those of us on the right suspect the left of widespread voter fraud, and I'm quite capable of believing that it exists. And those on the left accuse us of voter suppression. Well, I think with the record voter turnout in 2020, I think that myth can be laid to rest once and for all. According to the Washington Post, 66.3 of Americans voted in the 2020 presidential election, which was two-thirds of the eligible population and the highest turnout rate in over 120 years. It is really, it is, it's really astounding. Um, but, and here in Colorado, we have mail-in um, Right, and I, I talk about that. I, I um I think that voting should be in person, except for uh, limited extenuating circumstances in which uh, absentee ballot ballots can be used. And every voter should present a valid government-issued identifi- identification document like a driver's license or a passport in order to be eligible to cast a vote. And let's think about this. The left says, oh, it's it's racist to, to require everybody to have a driver's license or whatever. Well, Already, you have to have a driver's license for everything in a, in modern day life, to buy alcohol, to get on an airplane. All kinds of things require a government issued ID. So why shouldn't our most fundamental thing, voting, require that as well? And and I did a blog post on this several years ago on my blog to advance freedom, and I found that 73% of voters, including Democrats, thought that everybody should have a, an ID to vote. So that's one thing that I think is very key. All mail voting is a problem. Uh, fraud can take place through the signature collect, collection, signature verification, and curing processes. Uh, ballot harvesting is when political operations operatives pick up ballots from voters to submit to the drop boxes or other cl- locations. I think it's all too easy to discard ballots that are suspected of being for the wrong candidates. It's also possible to misplace, air quotes again, containers full of ballots only to be found or not at the most opportune time. And as of July 2020, only five states, did you know this, Kim? Only five states uh, allow or hold elections almost entirely by mail. Those five states are Colorado, Hawaii, Oregon, Utah, and Washington. And guess what? Four of those five states are completely controlled by the Democratic Party. No wonder they love it so much. <laughs> mail, and I agree with you. Uh, and the mail has not been reliable. I have had a couple of different things that I know that were mailed to me in the middle of December, and they have not arrived yet. And with that, you're going to see the Democrats say, in that case, we need to move to electronic voting. Address that. Well, I don't think that that uh, should be a thing at all. It, uh, it's too vulnerable to, to security breaches and identity theft breaches and We've seen, you know, all kinds of data uh, leaks from big corporations over the years. I myself, uh, you know, was was in one of those, and uh, from Equifax, I think it was. So, I, I'm totally opposed to electronic voting, and it should all be paper ballots. That so, a are couple of questions. Machines. A couple of questions regarding getting rid of mail-in voting. You've addressed the fact that uh, a valid ID is very important, but let's say that. You have a health challenge. You're elderly. Uh, and what would you say to that about mail-in voting? That's what absentee ballots are for. Right. So they would just request it. Uh-huh. And 
the right to vote it can't be lazy. This this fact that you just get this ballot in the mail, and a lot of people don't even understand the issues. That's why you and I did our voters' guide. That's right. And, and a lot of people, lots of people <laughs> thanked really, us for really that. appreciated yeah. that. One guy said, "Geez, I wish I'd known about that." <laughs> <laughs> so next time we need to even right. push that out further. So there would be absentee ballots for people, but they would have to be actively looking for that. The other question, though, is uh, because our our ballots are somewhat voluminous now, uh, and to that could really slow the process down. The lines could be long. What would be your answer to that? Well, I'm glad you asked that. I think that uh, we should open the polls ahead of Election Day, maybe even a week before, and make Election Day a national holiday so that people can easily cast their votes. Uh, then the close, the polls close at 6 p.m. on Election Day, and votes can be counted and tabulated overnight, and the results announced the next day, or you know after a certain percentage. I said 85, but I just picked that number at random uh, of the votes have been counted. And this is the one thing that I really have thought about for several presidential elections now. And I actually went back and reread the Constitution to see where in the Constitution it says that national news organizations get to declare who won the election. And guess what? It's not in there. So all these, you know, Fox News, oh, Arizona, you know, went for Trump. Well, you know, that was in doubt at the time, but they called it anyway. So news organizations, I think, should be prohibited by law from declaring winners until all votes have been counted and certified. Uh, This goes against the instant gratification that we all desire, but uh, I think it makes for a more rational election process. And under no circumstances should national news organizations be allowed to call any races before the last polls have closed on Election Day. And that's something I've thought for years. And I, I, I really do call for Republicans and Republican-controlled states to enact these changes. I've, I call for them to audit the voted, voting mechanisms and processes in their jurisdictions. I call for an end to all mail voting. Let's restore sanity to our election process and ensure that our voter fraud is a rare and limited exception. So how are we going to do that? We've got about t- Tell us in three minutes. We're going to elect Republicans, and Republicans are going to get elected – by refocusing on the core values of the par- of the party. So there has to be a litmus test. This, yep. you know, words that uh, should strike fear in every citizen is when your elected official, not official, your elected representative says we're going to collaborate or at this point in time we're going to reach across the aisle. We have reached across the aisle and we have uh, collaborated our our fundamental freedoms away. Yes, we've <clears throat> collaborated into the giant progressive uh, regulatory subsidy state that we have today in America. And this has happened over decades. It's been a decades-long progress uh, process. It, and both parties are responsible. There are Republicans who are progressives. And, you know, progressives have a very different... They need to be voted out. Yeah. And, and the progressives have a very different view of, of the world and of what government should be than, than we conservatives do. And I believe that we are morally on the high ground because... They want to control our lives. We just want to be left alone. We want to live and let live. We want government to stay out of our way except to protect life, liberty, and property. Mm -hmm. And that's all. And uh, very quickly, I'd had a conversation with uh, an elected representative, and she said, well, Kim, my job is to be a good steward of the taxpayer dollars. I said, no, no, no. Your job is to protect private property rights. That's right. And all too often in I would say this is true of all Democrats and and many Republicans. They view us as just the pot of gold. 
especially in Colorado, it seems like Colorado Democrats just view Colorado businesses as a pot of gold from which to fund their, their progressive dreams. And small businesses operate on small margins. Mm-hmm. And and they don't have room for one percent payroll increases for the family tax and and you know, other fees and other regulatory burdens that the governments impose. So mm-hmm. they they claim to like businesses, but they but they really do everything they can to make it more difficult to be in business. And can you say Joe Biden Keystone Pipeline? Exactly, that would be another example. Rick Turnquist, we are just about out of time. What's the final thought you'd like to leave with our listeners today? Have hope. Be strong hew to the ideals of the American founding, and let's find a way to uh, reclaim Colorado and and reclaim uh, the national federal government. Well, I appreciate your piece, The Path Forward. You can find that at kimmunson.com. That's M-O-N-S-O-N.com. And Rick, I always love having you. A lot of people reach out. They're like, I love it when it's TurnQuest Friday. I think Steve's one of them. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thanks, Kim. Okay. Our quote for today is from Victor Hugo. And you said, have hope. And this is what he says. And I'm going to say, have perseverance in your hope. And Victor Hugo said, perseverance is the secret of all triumphs. So my friends today, be grateful, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals, and like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. My friends, you are not alone. God bless you, and God bless America. 